passing of my friend Alan Holmes has made me sad, but some of what I see and hear going on with regard to individuals trying to come to this country, traveling uh, into and throughout this country, or those who have made this country their home uh, for decades, uh, concerns me with a lot of uh, changes coming out of this Trump administration uh, with regard to policy. We've had on the show before more than a pleasure to have back Ben Johnson, Executive Director of the American Immigration Lawyers Association, the AILA. Uh, Ben, thank you uh, for joining us, and, and welcome back. Leslie, thanks for having me. And hey, I know we got other things to talk about, but I just want to say uh, I'm sorry for your loss. Uh, Alan was an amazing guy, and I think he would be proud uh, to say that he was your friend. So I'm just uh, sorry that it's hurting you as perhaps more than it's uh, hurting a lot of the rest of us. Oh, well, that's kind of you, Ben. I appreciate it. Um, I want to read a quote about something that's hurting many Americans, especially here where I live in California and Southern California, and that is uh, immigration. Um, first, you said, quote, it's a real sweeping change in immigration and enforcement um, as executive director of the American Immigration Lawyers Association, and you go on, they make clear that they intend to deport anyone and everyone that they find in the United States, regardless of how long they've been here, whether they get a chance to talk to a judge or have any due process. Now, I want to break this down because uh, we, uh, Ben, because I took some of your time, can you stay with us longer if need be, like five or ten minutes longer if possible, or are you real swan- uh, uh, tight for time? Absolutely. I'm with you. Okay, because I got a lot of questions, and we're hearing a lot of things coming out here in Southern California, and I'm not talking about lies from fake blogs. Um, first of all, so that people understand, there's a difference, and I say this because sometimes I'm asked like they're one and the same, between the travel ban, obviously, and the deportation. In other words, coming out of the White House uh, from this Trump administration, um, there there's a travel ban that is being rewritten and supposed to come out sometime next week. Some people feel that targets, as I do, mostly Muslims, called a Muslim ban. And then there's the the deportation. So first of all, so people understand, and uh, briefly, these are two separate uh, issues and, and two separate ideas, if you will, uh, coming out of this administration, correct? That's that's correct. In fact, there's there's really been three executive orders, you know, touching on specifically on the issue of immigration. It was the border enforcement uh, executive order where he talked about you know people focused on building the wall, but I think you know even far more offensive than that ineffective waste of money are all of the other policies talked about building border prisons and uh, you know expedited removal and denying asylum seekers entry to the United States. Uh, so some really harsh border policies that was followed up by an interior enforcement policy that is now with these new implementation memos has gotten a lot of uh, new attention about what exactly some of that scary language is going to mean in terms of implementation. Uh, and then we, the, the third and sort of final straw in terms of capturing people's attention was that travel ban where we saw, you know, these, these, these sort of innocent victims at airports being, you know, turned around and denied admission, and I think that sort of galvanized people's attention. But I think when we were on, on your show last, I... I, I I said that the real, those first two, that border policy and this now interior policy, is where that kind of airport pain is going to be spread all around the country as they begin these dragnets to hunt down anybody and everybody who they think might be a violator of immigration laws. You just segued right into my first question. I have seen on reputable news sources, and I have heard reports and even received an email from individuals stopped on a flight from JFK to San Francisco. They said they were not allowed to deplane 
until they showed, I don't know if they're TSA, if they're um, ICE or um, uh, uh, Border Patrol or uh, Customs, I don't know who the heck they are, they're, quote, documents. First of all, JFK to San Francisco is a domestic flight. Are we now in an age, Ben, where we have to prove our citizenship when we fly from point A to point B within the United States? Well, I mean, look, airports have always been a, a, a sensitive location in terms of being able to ask people, you know, questions because they're boarding a plane with a lot of other folks and, you know, reasons, legitimate reasons to be concerned about security. But I think one of the problems that we've seen is this conflating, you know, your immigration status with being a security concern, you know, stereotyping and, and, uh, and sort of uh, uh, assumptions and prejudices about immigrants, uh, you know, being mistaken for legitimate security concerns. So, yes, airports, you're allowed to ask more questions than somebody normally walking down the street, but no law enforcement official uh, should be allowed to engage in inappropriate stereotyping uh, both as a matter of fairness, but also as a matter of effective law enforcement. We don't have the resources to be talking to folks who have no other uh, reason to be a suspect other than they happen to be brown or speak with an accent. Uh, President Trump says this is a military operation. Homeland Security Secretary John Kelly says no. Uh, President Trump said there would be mass deportations. Uh, Homeland Security John Kelly says no, there won't. And then, of course... Uh, Donald Trump said that they're trying to get rid of, quote, and I quote him, the really bad dudes, uh, and and says that, you know, that he wants violent criminals out. This is going to be a long question, but I know you can handle it, Ben. One, polls show that the majority of Americans, regardless of their ideology, do not want mass deportations, and everyone agrees, get out a violent criminal element. We have heard about a woman who was in a hospital with a brain tumor that has been arrested and placed in a detention center. We know that here in Los Angeles last week, there was a woman taken from her seven-year-old child's uh, football practice. Now, these are just two examples. So first off, is it true that they are just going after violent criminals to deport? Because these would be two instances where, and, and also uh, the uh, Guadalupe, who was taken from her two children, those are three instances, and I'm sure there are many more, but that is not the case. No, they're not just going after violent criminals. Um, I mean, I understand they may say that at press conferences, but if you read the actual memorandum from uh, Secretary Kelly, I mean, it says right there on page two is that, you know, it includes, yes, they'll, they should prioritize aliens who have been convicted of any criminal offense, but then it lists seven other categories that should be uh, prioritized. And one of those is, in the judgment of an immigration officer, they pose a risk to public safety or national security. Another one is, um, if they have committed acts which they believe constitute a chargeable criminal offense, right? So if you've committed a crime, or I think you've committed a crime, you become a priority. So they say in their own memo that this essentially includes everybody. And therefore, I want to be specific who will or who can be deported right now? Well, certainly anybody who doesn't have, you know, who is, is undocumented is, you know, absolutely subject to deportation. Uh, unfortunately, we've, that, that can and has in a couple of targeted instances included people that, you know, kids that were recipients of DACA uh, that were, you know, that have uh, employment authorization that was issued under President Obama's DACA program. 
that employment authorization uh, you know, offers only limited uh, protection to uh, removal proceedings under the Trump administration. So I think it's really important that uh, that, that those folks sit down and, and talk to a lawyer and find out what their rights are and what they should do if they encounter an immigration official. This also goes to other legal permanent residents. The uh, immigration agencies have taken a very strong stance, for instance, on uh, drunk driving convictions. You could be a legal permanent resident, and if you've had a drunk driving conviction and you leave the United States, you could they could seek to deny you readmission to the United States for health-related grounds if they feel that you're uh, an alcoholic. Uh, so it's really easy to get yourself in trouble under immigration law, even if you are a green card holder and a legal permanent resident. And what is, I think, frightening about this particular wide-ranging, uh, sweeping order from Secretary Kelly uh, is that it really gives carte blanche to these immigration agents to go after anybody they feel like they want to go after. Okay, so let's talk about rights. Um, uh, I'm I'm told here in Southern California that uh, ICE will knock on the door and don't identify themselves as ICE, but that they're legally okay to identify themselves as, quote, law enforcement. Um, so one, is that true? And two, do you have to let them in? Let's just say your nanny or housekeeper are undocumented, as an example. They don't necessarily have to identify themselves as ICE in those particular instances. Uh, you know, they have limitations on how far they can use, uh, uh, you know, dishonest tactics to, to gain entry to a home. But no, you're, you're not required to open up your door because somebody's knocking on it. Um, you, you know, so that I think is, is, is first and, and foremost. Um, you know, unless you've called the police, uh, there's no obligation for you or real need for you uh, to be uh, opening up your door if you don't know who's on the other side. Um, yeah, no, no, very, uh, very true. Um, schools have said here in Los Angeles, San Francisco, many cities in California, Chicago, other cities throughout the country, um, we will not tell you which of our children are undocumented, show us a warrant. Are schools within the right legally to say that and to do that? The schools aren't obligated to collect information about immigration status. Uh, it's questionable how much the federal government, you know, can assert its authority. There is there's language in the Immigration and Nationality Act that uh, that limits the ability of 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 those who get federal funding to refuse to cooperate with uh, with federal agents, but that's never been tested before. Okay, Ben, uh, hold that thought. We're going to take a break. Come back. I've got a couple more questions for you. Callers, call me now. You have comments. 888-6-LESLIE. 888-653-7543. Questions as well. 888-6-LESLIE. enough to stay for just a few questions more. Ben Johnson, Executive Director of the AILA, the American Immigration Lawyers Association. Follow them on Twitter or him at AILA exec, D-I-R, E-X-E-C, D-I-R, and the website AILA.org. Talking too fast there. Uh, ben, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Um, how? how um, first of all, how do they know who to target? How do they know a woman is at the the park with her seven-year-old son playing football 
Well, I mean, I think the, what they tend to do is identify neighborhoods where they know there is a significant immigrant uh, population. I mean, that's certainly some of the tactics we saw used by the famous Sheriff Joe Arpaio in Arizona, who would just do random sweeps in immigrant neighborhoods. So that's, you know, one of the tactics that we've seen used. I will say what I think is happening uh, with the Trump administration most recently is they're using the cover of going after somebody that they suspect may have a, a criminal record or does have a criminal record, uh, and then they're taking the opportunity to arrest everybody else they find anywhere nearby so that they can continue to use the cover of saying, no, we were going after criminals. So, for instance, in Pennsylvania, we saw them go into several different pizza parlors, something like three or four different pizza parlors, because they knew of somebody who worked in one of those pizza parlors that had a criminal record. They found these two individuals. So, you know, they go into four different pizza uh, parlors looking for two individuals, uh, and along the way, they arrest 30 people, at least 30 people, from, from what we've been able to tell, right? Because they're just sort of collateral damage in this effort to pick up uh, criminal aliens. And that's the biggest problem here is that they're just using this criminal alien as an excuse at this point to, to throw out a big, giant dragnet and, and catch up a lot of other people in it. I know you have to go. There's there's so much here, right? I mean, just so much here. I mean, industries that could be greatly affected, agricultural is just one area, construction is another. Um, um, are the fears warranted of the mass deportations or no? Because when we look at over 11 million undocumented workers and then look at how many ICE uh, employees there are, um, it would be physically and financially impossible um, to do what I think uh, many people, uh, uh, you know, fear. We're hearing people are afraid to go to church um, because on Sundays they think ICE is going to be there to round them up. Well, uh, look, I understand that people's people's concern because you know, will they be able to you know deport all 11 million undocumented immigrants from the United States and you know in the next several months? No, but they have the capacity to bring a lot of pain and anguish and fear into a lot of different communities uh, and over time to really ruin the lives of, of, of a lot of people. So I, I understand the fear, and I think the, the, the fear is warranted. Uh, the best thing I can say to people uh, is what you can arm yourself with is information. You should go talk to a lawyer. You should, where necessary, uh, get a lawyer to represent you so that at least when you, you, know, you come in contact with an immigration official, you can say, I have a lawyer. I want to talk to them, right? You've got to be able to empower yourselves and protect yourself with, uh, with, with the rights that are available to you. And then the last thing I want to say about this, because I, I know you've got to move on to other subjects, is that what the president and Congress need to be doing is what they should have been doing for the last 25 years, which is getting our immigration laws aligned with reality. You know, it, I, the problem of immigration enforcement in this environment is that we have invited, through our broken immigration system, the 11 million people that are undocumented to come live and work in the United States. And they've been here for a really long time, being valuable contributors to our society. If we could hit the reset button on that, provide a path to legal status for those folks, and get them the legal status they deserve to begin with, then enforcement wouldn't look as horrible as it does now. And if we gave our immigration system the legal channels of immigration it needs to bring in future immigrants through legal channels of immigration, nobody volunteers to violate immigration laws and come in illegally. They all want to come in through a legal pathway and have the status that they deserve. The problem is our system doesn't provide it. So this one-sided enforcement-only approach that ignores how dysfunctional immigration system is, is what is causing this pain and anguish.
Okay, one last one. People are being picked up and their children, like that seven-year-old, are left behind. Um, is, is it completely legal for ICE to leave minors? What if it's a baby completely alone and unattended? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to expect anymore in terms of the way the agency is behaving. I, in all of the years, the 25, 30 years that I've been doing this, I've never confronted an immigration officer or an immigration policy that would allow for that kind of disregard for the welfare of a child. That I, I don't, I can't contemplate a situation where they would pick up a mother and what, leave a toddler sitting on the street. I mean, these these, these officers are human beings too. Uh, so I, I think there are. I hope to God there are limits to to the kinds of changes uh, in in enforcement uh, that they would see. So, I, um, but they can deport a mother and and essentially force her to bring her U.S. citizen child back to her, the the country of origin with her. That is one of the the ugly sides of the of the immigration system. Forcing Americans to be deported, in a sense, um, along with the uh, illegal parent. And, and one last question I received uh, online, knowing you were coming today. Um, they, uh, an individual asked if they are detained at the airport and they're pulled aside by, you know, uh, border uh, secure customs um, and uh, border security. Uh, are they allowed to record uh, visually or audibly um, what transpires in that meeting? It depends on where it takes place. If they pull you into a secondary inspection, uh, they can limit your ability to record that. Uh, if the interrogation is happening in a public space, if it's just talking to you in the airport, then certainly a friend or a colleague can step back without interfering uh, with the with the questioning. Somebody can record that uh, that that conversation. But if they pull you into a secondary inspection, that environment is a little bit more controlled, and unfortunately, uh, they they very rarely record that. So we don't know what's going on behind those closed doors. All right. Thank you so much, Ben. We appreciate you taking the time. I'm sure we'll have you on the show again. So much going on uh, with regard to this. And it's important for people to get the facts because there's a lot of fake stuff out there. Ben, thank you. Ben Johnson, Executive Director of the American Immigration Lawyers Association, the AILA. Follow them on Twitter, him, at A-I-L-A-E-X-E-C-D-I-R. A-I-L-A, Exec Director. And the website, AILA.org.